Jess Corcoran. And I'm Laura McCann. Welcome to the Thriving While Nine to Fiving podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 15 of the podcast. I'm really pleased to be back with you for another week. Thanks for tuning in last time. Um, We're really pleased to say we've got another special guest this week and we're speaking to Chelsea Slater a little bit later. Now, Chelsea is the co-founder of Innovate Here, um, which is a social social enterprise based in the Northwest, all about getting girls into tech. So Chelsea will be telling us a little bit more about that later on. But for now, we'll just kick off the usual way. So, Laura, (laughs) tell me about your highs. (laughs) um so massive massive high for me in the past week has been that i've been given a start date for a new job um and it is yeah so basically it's gonna be like the first step in my in my actual career i don't know how to phrase it but yeah so i think as we've touched on before um the role that i have just isn't in line with what I've always envisioned myself doing as a career um it's a very different area um but no I now have a role that is yeah basically it's law enforcement um but it's gonna get be you quite... <laughs> <laughs> it's quite closely linked to um the specific areas that I I want to go into so potentially more challenging areas of like your terrorism and your child protection and whatnot but um no I am so excited about it um and it's just it's really strange actually like just sort of having that I've realized how much I I've been like background stressing almost and like how much not even day to day so I've been quite open I think particularly recently on here as well you know just saying like oh it's been quite up and down emotional as people have found out I'm going da 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 but it's it's almost been for like the past four years at least mm. if not like my whole life that whole kind of like well what am I going to get to do because you've been striving to towards a type of thing yeah exactly like it's always just been in the back of my brain I think like the only time it potentially hasn't was like when I was doing my undergrad at uni because for me I just walked into that and I was like well you're not going to get a job while you're at uni mm, like you're not going to mm. get your career at uni you're doing your studies to help you with that later yeah. on so right here and now like you've got your your three years just make the most of it kind of thing and stress about that when you're doing your master's which I did um so it was like um yeah so it is just really strange like I've completely send out and relaxed and just trying to trying to kind of make the most of that but also as well like the other things maybe in life that I would like try and strive to do or whatever or like the other you know big things on my checklist they've just dropped in priority I think for like the next six to eight weeks at least I just want to, I want to get this job done well. I want to look after myself through it and I want to get started on my new one as well as I can and hit the ground running as much as possible there. And then I'm going to eat loads of pigs in blankets and then we'll talk about all this stuff in January. Love it. <laughs> Love it. That's so important though. Was like, it's recognising that like you can't be all things to all people. And if like some things need to slip to enable you to like, be successful in one area of your life for a period of time like that's totally okay like if you need to eat microwave meals you know for a few weeks if that's what you need to do or like say like you know your washing pile builds up or like you know other bits like 
to keep yourself healthy if you need to just take a back seat from certain things if you need to take a break from the podcast like <laughs> like you've just gotta you've gotta look after yourself when you're doing the right thing and i am gonna send you a congratulations present by the way because i wanted to but don't get paid till friday <laughs> So, so you can um i've already decided what i'm getting yeah um but i can't uh i can't buy it until i get paid on friday that's so lovely lovely thank you um so laura what are you putting in the shredder this week i'm never more scouse than when i talk about the shredder <laughs> And the shredder. The shredder, girl. The the shredder this Put week. the ham in the and shredder. I feel like we might have actually said this on before. I can't even remember now. But it's bothered me, so I'm bringing you it You go, girl. When people don't understand your job role mm-hmm. and have a bitch, essentially. Mm. So, like, in the past 12 months, I've basically been doing, like, a joint role. Mm. And so it's pretty much two people, well, two, if not three, three people's jobs. And that is what it is, right? Obviously, within that, like, I'm fantastic, but I'm not actually superwoman. So, there are, as much as there are, what has been done has been really good. And it's definitely been, you know, it's been like 120%. Like, it can't be 200%. Like, it, that's a physical impossibility. Um, and some people just like to comment on that, like, it matters. I, well, not even, like, because obviously it matters, like, jobs have got to get done and stuff, but it's, like, they, they just, they're just not seeing big picture, like, they're just being grumpy, and also, I'm like, well, you're not perfect in your role, and you've only got one person's job, don't have a go at me, where I am doing very well, albeit not perfect, in two people's jobs. I get yeah, totally agree. So frustrating, isn't it? Like, if we all just took a bit of time to understood what each other did, like, I feel like the world would be a better place. Yeah. Like, you just hear it so often as well about, beyond my very specific example, of, like, oh, well, isn't that all they do? How have they not got time for this? It's like, can you see their calendar? Can you see their to-do list? Do you actually know? No, I don't think you do. So sure. Yeah, it's just assumptions, isn't it? That's the problem. It's just assumptions and never facts. So, it's going in the shredder. Yay! Have you got anything you want to put in this week? I have. And mine is, like, it's something that's, like, a positive for me. So, I feel like it's a negative for other people. That makes sense. It will, like, make sense in a sec. So, um, I now get an hour for my lunch. And wherever I, I've been working in marketing for, something like, silly, like, eight years now. And... This is the first job where I've had an hour lunch break. All the others have been... Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. All the other ones have been less than an hour. Um, Got 45 minutes the last place I worked. Got 30 minutes before that. Um, My job also, I work 35 hours a week and I get an hour for my lunch, (laughs) which is, like, amazing. Um, Wait, so you do, like, nine till four or something? I do eight till four, baby. Finish at four. Um, nice. yeah don't mind the early get ups if you finish early because you get more of your day yeah. Um, so yeah do 8 to 4 I've literally never worked 9 to 5 have I said this before slightly off topic but I've nice. never worked 9 to 5 ever in my life like ever my hours mm. have never been 9 till 5 ever, ever. my current ones are 9 till half 5 but it's like close enough yeah, that's too much Um, yeah. get an hour for me lunch though so. well this is the thing so I want to shred not getting an hour for your lunch because now that I've got an hour for my lunch it makes such a difference and I know people say yeah it's only 15 minutes more 
but actually if you factor in your lunch hour you've always got to put put 15 take 15 minutes off to actually eat your lunch and i know we can say like you can eat you know sometimes i'm sure we all eat our lunch at our desk and we work while we're doing it then we may take the time but even still like if you're working from home you got to prep your lunch so you know sometimes like that takes more time and now i've got an hour i walk 4k every lunchtime with the dog and i'm able to like fit in eating my lunch in that time as well yeah. and it's like life-changing so i just want to shred like like this is the thing about work right it might not be the most important thing in your life but it takes up a lot of time in your life and so you've got to be happy enough and i really think having that time in the middle of the day is amazing i get like some people reduce the hours don't they so they can they can work less days or whatever yeah. and i get that um and that's fine if it works for them but i really feel like an hour lunch should be standard because it doesn't seem right that we don't have any breathing space in the day because work's like you know eight nine hours of your day whatever then you've got potentially got your commute time and all that so it fills up a lot of your time so really mm-hmm. like a break in the middle of the day like that's not too much to ask for so yeah i'm shredding all workplaces that don't give people an hour for the dinner because it's going just going no i love that and i think it's a really it's a really really good one because it is that thing of even though like i wouldn't want to elongate work Mm -hmm. necessarily Mm -hmm. it is just the thing of you can't sit there and stare at the same screen for eight hours straight and be productive exactly like that whole you know work smarter not harder thing Mm -hmm. like it's not smart to just sit there and get no break whatsoever and it's it's not like it's a bit cruel to be honest like it's not kind to you to just be like you know think about it like in school and stuff like that you had a break in the morning you had your hour for lunch and there were reasons for that exactly and like don't make us have all of that for so many years and then just take it away from people like i get that it's like capitalism and the corporate culture but it's just frustrating and also i've got another point that i want to add on to everyone even if you don't get an hour for your dinner you need to be stepping outside at lunchtime because it's dark yeah. in the mornings, it's dark in the evenings. Now we all need our vitamin D. So leave your house on your dinner and get it. Even if it's just 10 minutes, eat lunch outside. I don't care if it's pissing down. Get some daylight. So now we're moving on to our guest section of the podcast, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, and I'm so excited that we've got Chelsea Slater with us. So as I mentioned, Chelsea is the co-founder of Innovate Here, which is a values-led social enterprise in the Northwest, and they specialise in education and coaching, and it's all about getting girls into the tech industry. So hi, Chelsea. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Um to kick us off, can you tell us a little bit more about Innovate here and also your background prior to starting? To be here as well. Um, so I am the CEO and co-founder of Innovate Her. We're uh, a social enterprise who are on a mission to get girls ready for the tech industry and the tech industry ready for girls. So just briefly before I talk about like how that started and, and stuff, um, we do two main things. So we run um, programmes for young girls and non-binary students across the UK and teach them tech skills. It's all online now. Um, and then the other side of the work that we do is we get organizations that are tech organizations to become more inclusive so that when we're telling young people to go and work in technology they'll actually retain in the workplace because the company would have worked on becoming a better place to work 
Um, and before Innovate Her, which has existed for about only about three, four years, I think, I ran a, a, a small um, group, I, I suppose, called Liverpool Girl Geeks. And I set that up because I was working in technology after university and I was the only female in the office. So yeah, I felt very passionately and I didn't actually notice while, while, whilst I was there, and my background's in marketing similar to you both actually. So I went into this tech company as a marketer, but as an only female, but it didn't really, I didn't really notice it until other women started coming into the organization and then they weren't treated very well. I've been used to being around a lot of men in my life because I'm one of six um, in my family. I'm the oldest and I'm the only girl. <laughs> been used to having a lot of like brothers. I have, I've, I have got a half sister now, by the way. Um, I can't leave her out because she's amazing. Um, <laughs> I've even been brought up by like I've had like male dogs and everything in my life so I was kind of like just used to being around men so I didn't really um, notice like any sexism but then when other women came into the organization I witnessed it and I realized that it was just a load who I was working with in the end was just a load of white men at the same age and they would all back each other up and then there was me and these other girls that come in just um, for a few months and we weren't really getting listened to. So I felt very passionately about getting more women like me and not like me um, because, you know, diversity is key in terms of even like looking at gender. We want to make sure it's intersectional um, to, to have a career in technology. So it kind of stemmed, stemmed from there, really amazing I love I just love the work that you do and I just think think it's so important <laughs> thank you yeah. I think it's really cool as well that like you basically you had your own experience and that's what's driven you because it just yeah. helps you be you know even just like look at I know obviously everyone can't see you but we <laughs> can see you on a video call that like, you are just so passionate about it and the work that you're doing and it just it matters oh good yeah I'm glad I am dead passionate about it and my team is as well so anyone that kind of comes in to innovate here has usually experienced something or witnessed something within either the tech industry or another male dominated industry so all of us feel just so passionately about inspiring the next generation to you know enter the industry but also the most important thing is for them organizations to do better because sexism and discrimination of any kind is just not on and you know it's never been on but we're in 2021 now and we really need to you know put that to bed because it's just not fair definitely I think that follows on to sort of my next question which was in terms of so you mentioned not not just getting girls ready for tech but getting the tech industry ready for girls so what are some of the things that you think the industry needs to do now to sort of get the next generation of females interested and like you said like feeling happy that it's going to be an area that they retain in for, you know, 20, 30 years or their entire career. Yeah, the, I mean, we work with, we've got about 28 partners at Innovate Her, which, which stem from um, or range from even small companies that are thinking about inclusion when they're a size of, you know, like 10, 15 people, which is amazing to think about it that early. But we've also got huge companies like PlayStation and Co-op who 
obviously employ so many people that are really doing work, uh, loads of work around inclusion to make their workplaces as best as they can be. Um, there's so many issues within particularly larger organisations. Generally, tech businesses have grown really quickly. So because they're led by men, generally, um, white men, um, they have just gone, oh, who can I employ? Oh, I'll, I'll get my, my friend in. And then they'll go, oh, I'll get my friend in. And generally, your friends look like you because of what school you went to, what area you're from. So because that happened in, I don't know, the, the dot-com era, I think it's been really hard for tech businesses to take a step back and actually look at the recruitment practices. And I think that's one area I think is so important for an organization to focus on is, are they hiring the right people? Are the people that are hiring the right people? Are they, um, do they have biases? I think it's really important to put them through some training so they're not as biased because we all have bias. Yeah. It, how are your HR processes? Are you um, are you actually have you got policies and processes in place that cater for um, other people other than the generic people that work there? You know, when we look at women, um, m most women that have children, for example, are the main caregivers for that child. And there isn't the policies or procedures or ways of working in place in organisations at the moment in very many organisations that support them with that. So, you know, looking at flexible working, uh, looking at, you know, if they can help with childcare, if they even things like, you know, when are your work socials or when are your events? Are they at nighttime? Well, women might not be able to do that because they have got the kids to look after. Yeah. So they feel excluded. Um, so I this, I mean, there's so many things, but I think that's key. I think working with the next generation and building them um, in terms of skills is obviously something we do, um, which uh, companies do support. And, you know, looking at that long-term strategy in terms of recruitment and getting them in is really important as well. But then equally, it's really important to mentor and coach women that are already working in the organization to progress to leadership roles yeah. because if it's all the um guys at the top making the decisions then again your product services or culture isn't going to be um great for for other people so I think that's answered the question I feel like I rambled a bit there but <laughs> we love a ramble no that's perfect yeah, thank completely. you but, yeah because there are so many parts to it as well I think as you say like it's not just a it's it's not a quick answer like if you came back and went oh yeah so here's like the one thing the industry needs to do I'd be like um yeah look, <laughs> and that's you know, that that's it yeah exactly because <laughs> it's that thing is yeah you're talking about potentially all women within this you know all women having the opportunity to do it and like all women aren't the same so you can't just say one thing exactly and I think one thing that I didn't mention was so a lot of organizations and you both know this just talk about it and they don't yeah. put anything in place uh, and this does require like quite a lot of budget as well so like if you're gonna make change change costs money and so the, the leadership teams and the decision makers need to get behind it so 
I've seen so many times where this is this work has been passed on to a woman in a mid-level role that has already got a huge role to, to fulfill within that organization and then gets given diversity and inclusion. For an organization to take it seriously, they need to put budget into the recruitment to actually employ someone to look after diversity and inclusion because it's more than a full-time job. So I think, yeah, putting budget into it making sure there's someone to actually work on it full-time or is getting paid for that work I think is important and for someone to lead on it as well from a senior level whether it's the CEO or someone on the board to kind of push that and be the influencer even better if it's a, man, a male to be honest because it's quite powerful when they speak out about this stuff it gets other um senior male um leaders wanting to you know get behind it as well so yeah. I think yeah I that's one thing I didn't mention which I think if I did pick one thing it would be to put budget onto it first because that you can't just you can't just say you know we're going to do this without it really um I think yeah that'd be one thing yeah, you got to put your money where your mouth is, haven't you? Yeah. Really, if you if you're actually going to do it, that's a quote for you. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> <To> yourself. <laughs> yeah, but so that's kind of things there that like the industry need to work on, and you know the fact that they don't exist in a company might be something that stops a woman from wanting to work there. But are there any other specific barriers just more generally to women joining the tech industry that you found, particularly for like, you know, girls still in school? Yeah, definitely. I was going to say there's huge barriers from when we're young, really, in society in general. So as you'll know, when we're young, um, and I, I do general, generalise a lot because there's amazing parents and teachers and role models out there for young people. But when we're born, we're put in certain clothes, we're put in, you know, we're given certain toys. And that then segments or puts a stereotype on that child straight away. And there's lots of research around um, confidence being dipped in girls, particularly from the age of six, seven. And that's when the gender split starts to happen in terms of stereotyping. When they go to high school, they're put, um, it, it it kind of the stereotypes kick in even further and the teachers um, can talk to the young girls about um, one particular role and then the same with the boys and we've had girls in the past and, and even quite recently actually telling us that teachers have told them they can't take a computer science GCSE for example because they'll be the only girl in that class or the, the school doesn't put it on. Um, only 40% of schools in the UK offer computer science, for example. And that isn't the be all and end all. I know that, you know, to go into tech, you don't need a computer science GCSE, but it is one route that someone can go down if they want to explore technology. So there's like- And if you haven't done it that early as well, then why would you think about it later on? Like if a boy exactly. gets to think about it at 16 and carry it through to like 22, why can't a girl? Like well, exactly. that's so interesting to hear. I think, Jess, I don't know if you're thinking this, but so Jess and I both went to an all girls school where it was all girls 11 to 16. So a lot of this sort of stuff, we just didn't really get onto ever because it, and our school as well was a technology college. So within that, like they massively pushed 
ICT, we had to take a DT um, GCSE as one of like, you know, when you get your options and all that, they made us pick one of stuff. So for us, it was just such the norm that you'd I've have girls that... that did physics as much as anything else, like, or whatever. I've heard that quite a bit, yeah. I've heard it particularly with, I think, girls that have gone to that particular college or school. Um, we have spoken to a few girls that have gone to girls schools that they don't offer computer science but they do in the all boys school and one of our girls went to it she had the confidence to go to the boys school on day to study computer Love science now, now she's in uni at Durham doing computer science and she's got a freelancer kind of side hustle um coding and she was Amazing. she wasn't confident at all before our program so it's really nice to see that, you know, our program's given her the confidence to do it. And then now she's, you know, it's four years later and she's she's there. But I do think the ed- education in general, it's not good enough for anyone um, that wants to work in technology, regardless of gender. But there is um, a lack of confidence and a lack of support from girls um role models when they're young I think which are normally their parents their teachers the families because of the lack of understanding of the industry and the stereotypes that they already have so we're trying to we're trying to combat that I guess with through our programs because we're working with the teachers as well as the students as well as the parents to try and educate them on why technology is an amazing um industry to work in but also that tech skills are required in every industry now yeah. so um yeah it i mean it's getting better but it's it's not good enough yeah i think it, that's really key as well what you're touching on there like the holistic approach to it like you can't just tell the girls about it themselves like parents and teachers and all that have got to get involved because it's a it's an everyone Definitely. And so now even, so we're talking about, um, because we really need to educate the the lads as well um, in terms of why we're doing this. Oh, it's been upgraded this. Sorry, I just, (laughs) I got excited then. Um, What was I saying? I've just distracted myself. Oh, so so we're now talking about um, working with boys. There's definitely still a need for safe spaces for women. Mm-hmm. but we are doing so so things like the events that we put on and the uh, assemblies that we run we're going to start doing them for all genders so that they can become allies for for girls and non-binary students because that's, that's awesome. so important we can't exclude people or segregate people even more we've come to understand so we're yeah we're doing doing it for everyone now which is great no, that is absolutely brilliant, and and you're totally right. I think there, like, we we can't get anywhere. It's one of those things, isn't it? I think when gender comes up a lot, people go, "Oh, well, it's just a girl problem." Like they'll sort it out for themselves. But actually, as you say, if males don't get involved with this too, it's never going to go anywhere. Because as much as you want, you want women to be fifty percent of a, a working population, the other fifty percent are going to be men. Exactly. And and they yeah, are, are just as much of, of a workplace as anyone else. And they need to understand that diversity really matters and you will get a better work experience if you embrace it. And the products and the services that you work on will be better because of that diversity. So if we're talking about it with everyone, then everyone should feel like it's a good thing 
Whereas in the past, I think when we've taken the girls out of a classroom and left the boys there, even some of the girls have been like, why, why is that happening? And, and there's yeah. awkwardness. Um, there is, as I said, uh, definitely a need for female safe spaces. So like our platforms, um, our online platform is for girls and non-binary students. So communities on there will be for girls and non-binary students because we do see a bit of bullying when there's lots, like when all genders are mixed, particularly within like free chats and stuff like that, particularly because of social media at the moment. Um, but I think there's a definitely a need to educate everyone, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm kind of like expanding on that a bit then. So, of course, I would say like the women in tech phrase and kind of mission, if you like, it's not necessarily just about equal representation. Like, do you also think that there are things that women specifically bring to a workplace that make it better in themselves? Yeah, I think that's because of stereotyping as well. And it's so generally, again, women tend to be a little bit more empathetic, um, a little bit more caring and a little bit more, I'd say, collaborative because of how women have traditionally been within society, whereas men can be really direct and get away with it, as in women don't get away with being direct. direct. Being direct is a good thing and being assertive is a good thing. Women can't be direct and assertive often because they get called bossy or, you know, uh, other things. Whereas, you know, men men would be called leaders in, in that sense. So I think blending male and female skills in the workplace or traits or like stereotypical traits I guess is a great thing because it'll balance everyone out and I think yeah. in terms of yeah that going back to the female skills you know you want collaboration in the workplace you want openness you want honesty we're seeing female leaders now in the world that are a bit more empathetic and they're doing a great job and they're great role models whereas you don't see I don't think I think times are changing I think people are seeing empathetic leaders as more of a good thing now and they tend to be more they tend to be female I think that's the best trait that we have that is obviously come from that stereotype but I definitely think the best leaders are more empathetic and and transparent as well and and collaborative I think they're the main three I'd probably say um obviously women can do just as much as men in terms of skill um and um it's just going back to the point of we just we just don't get told about them early enough so yeah. if we're at an equal kind of playing field as we're younger um you know it would be more balanced but I think we have an opportunity to balance out ourselves by being ourselves and definitely like empathy and all of that is a good thing. The more people that are empathetic and compassionate leaders, that's that's hopefully um, gonna be here to stay, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying there and it makes, it makes a lot of sense. It's one of those where like, when you talk to somebody about it, you go, oh yeah, if that happens, 
we get to where we want to be but it's that making it happen um and it's something so there's something that I've kind of noticed particularly recently um working in the company I do which is in the tech industry that I just I'd really love to know like your kind of take on it um so I've been having conversations um with sort of like directors in our business about hiring mm-hmm. um and I just made the comment in my classic sarcastic but meaningful way um that oh yeah you're both really crap at hiring women by the way um and they were like but the thing is though they don't so for them it's obviously it's not them that go out to like the market and say who fancies a job with us like it, they get a short list from our HR yeah um team and obviously they're the ones who are going out to the market and trying to source these people now very often they will be looking with people who have experience so it's not just anybody who's like a grad or whatever like coming for their first job and then I think that makes the playing field a lot more equal doesn't it like you can just have anyone it's the people who've already got the experience that they want to hire and continue with um but in doing that you're then relying on companies to have previously hired a diverse um a diverse amount of employees so then you've got the diversity to pick from further down the line and that just doesn't seem to exist yeah no it doesn't well I think yeah there's there's a lot of women in technology but yeah there isn't (laughs) so they're out there and they're so there's communities out there like ours like ageless like stack world like amazing uh, female founded obviously because we're trying to tackle this problem for ourselves like you said before like it's the women leading the organizations yeah. that are trying to fight it which is annoying in a way because it's like we're fighting our own battles but anyway it's another thing um <laughs> we could go but, on for hours about that one too. I know. <laughs> but um there is like very few compared to men working in technology so when we're looking at so I think there's very little. I think it's 20% of GCSE computer science, as I said before, are, are taken by female females. Um, a level, you look at 10% of the programs uh, studied by females and 5% at university. So once you get into industry, that's got that percentage has got so small that it is harder to employ or find uh, find diversity when you're looking at ethnic minorities it's even smaller yeah um so it's it is difficult but there's so many things that businesses can do like tapping into the communities that i mentioned like having a long-term recruitment plan as i mentioned in the first question i think in terms of can you hire some grads can you work with the younger generation and bring them up because in a few years time they will be trained can you put that training in place can you invest in it because it's coming back to that money can you you know have an apprenticeship program yeah it costs money but you know down the line that's going to solve your issues yeah um can you you know pay more salary to try and get people in um but also like looking at the language within your job job descriptions and the benefits So if you can you um, enhance your maternity and paternity leave policies, for example, can you uh, increase your flexible working um, 
policy and things like that will attract then more more diversity in it's one of those i kind of picked up on it and noticed it but i just wasn't sure is that like an isolated incident or is it just a a bit of a trend that you've also seen yourself um but yeah no it absolutely sounds like it is and yeah i think it's just that thing isn't it you almost have to accept that that is the situation it probably won't get fixed overnight so having like the long-term goals will help it but then also building into your budgets and your structure to give a bit of leeway perhaps like so having somebody with a little bit less experience but it gives them an opportunity that they wouldn't have got five to ten years ago like that kind of balance definitely I think we've been working in this space for about seven or eight years via Liverpool Girl Geeks and then Innovate Her and we've seen the same organisations talk about this for all of that time when really they could have invested in it five to eight years ago. They could have, you know, got, um, made a real difference to a a load of 16 year olds lives and there'd be 21, 22 now within the workplace smashing it. And that just didn't happen because no one's investing in it. I mean, some people are like our partners are amazing but there are lots of organizations that you know just don't are not not putting their money where their mouth is like Jess said so (laughs) I think you know we're never going to get anywhere unless that investment is there by the you know the apprenticeship programs the people that would lead this not giving it to to other people um, and then working with organizations like ourselves to really help drive it forward it's it's yeah it's really key that yeah I suppose it's about like it's not about having like instant profit is it it's about understanding that maybe in the long term you'll make more profit if you invest now because you'll grow the next generation of people who can bring more skills and more talent that ultimately makes you more money in the end but you have to you have to be patient Definitely. and know that if you're investing five you know five years ago whatever um, where you'll be in another five yeah, years. Yeah, and you know what it's like. Look, five years go so fast. I mean, where have the last two years gone? They've just like flown by, haven't they? So exactly. I think five years actually in business terms isn't even that long. Um. So yeah, people are just. I think businesses are so. I I will give them the benefit of the doubt because recruiting is really difficult I'm going through it at the moment it's the hardest thing about running a business and you do want someone now and you do want and need like people in the team to fulfill a role and it is hard to you know give back to the next generation I know that but if people can think a little bit more long term and have that vision and support it and really really buy into it they will they will reap the benefits of it definitely definitely um, my next question then it sort of um follows on from what you just mentioned about maybe to attract people we need to have um better benefits and stuff like that so i wanted to ask like i've seen because obviously i'll put all your jobs online yeah. <laughs> um that you've got like a flexible working approach and i think maybe you're fully remote now or part of the time remote so i was just wondering like what are some things you're doing that you'd like to see other organizations doing or elements that you see other places doing that you'd really like to sort of copy like what's your whole sort of like feelings on that really yeah so as a small business I think it's always hard at the beginning because you you don't even think about the HR elements until you bring people into the organization 
And then you're like, oh, people need this structure in place. People want to see your policies. People want to know how to behave and that expectation needs to be there. So but then you get a HR consultant, they'll give you a handbook, which is very standard. Um, and for Innovate Here, it wasn't good enough. So last year, I think, um, we decided that as a team, so there's nine of us now, um, we would collaboratively work on policies to not only make them better for employees, but also to make them easier to understand. Because I don't know whether you two are like me, but when I look at a policy, it bores me to death. And also I can't understand half the language in it. It's, it's that legal kind of speak is just not my cup of tea. And I just wanna make everything really accessible and easy to understand so that people know and understand like how, how that policy works for them. So that was one big driver for us to, to start this work. And one of the policies that we started on was flexible working. So throughout the pandemic, we did go remote first and now we're a remote first organization. We still have a um, co-working in Liverpool if people want to work there, but there's no, um, I would never say to anyone, you'd have, you have to be there a day a week. Yeah. The only thing that we say now is that we get together once a quarter as a whole team and then everyone can work when and where they want to. We we took it, we enhanced it quite a lot. So we we used to have a 40 hour week, but well, that included lunches. So it's like 35 hours a week. Our full-time hours now are 30 hours a week and that we no change in salary. Um, and we can also compress hours. So people can either do around six, hours Monday to Friday or compress it to eight hours Monday to Thursday which most people do um, and we did that because if you're on a screen all day you know what it's like it's head battering so we were like we can't expect people to be at their laptops for eight ten hours a day there's no there's no way um, so we've done that we've only got core hours on so a Tuesday we have core hours 10 to 1 for team meetings and Wednesday, most of the days core just for team collaboration. But the other days you can um, work when and how you want to, early in the morning, middle of the night, in the evening, depending on the role, because some roles require teacher, you know, communication, for example. Yeah. And teachers aren't going to be awake at midnight. So there isn't I like, not. no, it's just a bit, you know, it is, it, the whole point of it is that it's so flexible. And as women, we know, you know, you might have a period and it's the worst period and we're like no can't work it's and it's that's fine and and other things happen in women's lives and we're just like well no you know we we, we have to put ourselves first and and we can work flexibly around that and um, we talk about that really openly um and that includes mental health and and other health issues as well so i think that flexibility for all of that is just so important um, one thing that we're looking at next is uh, parental leave. So we're going to be enhancing that. That's also really difficult as a, as a small business to offer because the government don't um, give enough um, money for any businesses to support mums or particularly dads. I mean, they only get two weeks statutory pay. It's ridiculous, isn't it? How uh, like 
they, they're the ones that have to go back to work because of that like yeah it's ridiculous so it's not good for women that either so we're looking at that but that one's really difficult and um, I'd love to be able to offer you know six months a year off but we just can't because of the government that's like a government issue more than a small business one but we are looking at enhancing that and the same with all of our policies really just to make them really accessible and it's just good for for everyone that's working with us um so yeah really passionate about that one actually because we've been working on it very recently um co-op have just done amazing um policies so they've just done a pregnancy loss policy they've done a menopause policy um which are both brilliant and monzo as well as followed suit and channel four i think have launched similar so people are looking at women's health issues and doing policies around that which is really good to see so there's so much positivity out there I really hope more businesses take note of that because any business could offer that it's it's you know it's so common as well um both pregnancy loss and menopause I mean a lot of people have gone through that either of those and not everyone will go through menopause won't they at some point so it's super important that we we give women the chance to you know live how they want to live and support themselves through work and things like that i think it's in, it's really good as well to see organizations of different sizes finding a way to manage it too because i think part of the argument might be like for your situation oh if you've only got nine of you you can all talk to each other you can all make your own policy of course it's going to fit you like it sounds incredible but you could never do that if you had like nine thousand members (laughs) working for you and yet you do see it like co-op channel four they're not small companies so no they maybe they can't turn around and say everyone just pick your own hours I know you enough to trust you because they're never going to meet everybody, but they can still start injecting things in like, oh, well, actually, yeah, if you're a female and your hormones are just going to attack you every now and again, we'll let you stay in bed. Like, yeah. That's fine. Like, you know, it's. Yeah, it's good. And I think people are getting more aware of, you know, the effects of some of those things that they have on women. I think they've been ignored and um, it's only now really that people are talking about them so we we want um a side note but we on our e-learning platform we want to have like a taboo series so like talking about periods and menopause and things like that which normally no one ever talks about we want to do a series for teens on there because i think they they won't even get really told much in schools about these things I don't know about you two but we um we never got told about menopause no we never Honestly, like, I don't know if you guys have seen Sex Education on Netflix, but I I just finished, absolutely love it. Like, I watched it recently, and as soon as it was finished, I was like, do you know what? When I have teenagers, I'm going to encourage them to watch this. Because, like, I don't trust what else is out there. And for us as well, like, I mean, like, my mum bought me a book with a cartoon bee and a cartoon bird in it. Like, (laughs) that was that. And then, like, obviously through school and stuff, you don't necessarily get loads. So just having a forum that isn't, like, Reddit or Tumblr or what have you, just a safe space to ask what you need to. Sounds amazing. I just, I was just looking, I've got this book. Try not to get up without my shorts showing. Um, I was just, I've read that like last month. It's so good, isn't it? Like that is so thick about periods, it's called period power. 
And how are you meant to teach that in a lesson in school? Like yeah. there's, it's, there's so much to it. People have very different periods as well. And they really do affect women in very different ways. And that, if that was in one lesson, I can't even remember having a lesson on periods, to be honest, and nothing on menopause. And that's also massive topic. And, you know, oh, I can't, like, I've, I've been listening to a podcast about that because my mum's going through it. So I was like, I want to know everything. And uh, I was like, I want to be able to support her because it's massive. It's just, and no one talks about it. So I'm trying to learn about that. But yeah, definitely, definitely need to do more work around these things. Yeah, I think it's so important what you said. And I really admire what the work that you do, and especially being a smaller organization, because I've, um, about probably about like four or five months ago, like I've moved jobs. So I've moved from quite a corporate organization and, I've took a pay court, I've gone away from somewhere that's got like benefits on paper, it's got a gym, um, what else, there's like, I think there was like four months paid maternity leave, like loads of holidays, you could buy and sell your holidays, um, you know, like all these like great like approaches and stuff and even in the pandemic, they sort of, um, they're like quite, you can still go in the office and stuff, but it, it's a lot more flexible and I've left that to move to a smaller organization and ultimately I am happy because I'm happy in my job role and everything exists but um I just think it's really encouraging that you as a small business you're still implementing them policies and you're still thinking like you're a people forward first organization I think that I think that's the most important thing because me and Laura say this time and time again on this podcast but the more happy you are as a person in every way whatever you're going through the more productive that you're going to be at work so it's a win-win situation yeah I'm glad I'm glad you've said that because it I mean it's hard work but you know your people are everything like what would we be without them that like nothing we couldn't do anything we couldn't do any of the work that we're doing so yeah they are important unfortunately I think within corporate organizations they do they just see the profit and because the shareholders sometimes aren't even in the organization they're just seeing the profit they don't care about the people which is such a shame Uh, it's easy to control like you said Laura as a smaller organization um and then harder as a bigger one but you know um yeah it's nice to be recognized that we're doing a good job so thank you Jess (laughs) you definitely are thanks (laughs) right so I'm going to move on to my final question I'm so sad this is coming to end because we've had a great chat but um we normally end the podcast with a quote um so we thought for this one we could end with a quote from you and obviously um talking about like getting girls 13 to 16 sort of into tech so I was wondering you know if you could go back and tell like your 13 to 16 year old self um like one piece of advice it could be about anything like what piece of advice would you want to give yourself can I give two pieces and then you, you can give as of many as you want you can. <laughs> um my first one I think because it's quite personal to me but it, it's just to for young people to be themselves because I think when I was growing up I tried to be someone else a lot until I was probably like 16 or 17. I was trying to like fit in the crowd and it didn't do me any good because I wasn't being myself. And I see that a lot in teens. And I I think embracing who you are, no matter you know how that might feel at the time, 
is the best thing I think I think it is quite a scary thing to do to be like fully yourself but you, you will find like or they will find their tribe and yeah. at some point and those people will support them no matter who they are and I think that's what gets you places in life I guess is just you know the best people are the most transparent and unique and open people I think that I've met and if you can start being that person when you're young that's that's amazing um also I think randomly when you sent this question I think the one thing I've learned in my career especially innovate here is the power of feedback and learning so I think if you can learn that as a young age to give good feedback but also to take it and ask for it I think that's the most powerful thing that you can probably do in your life because it's really hard to give good feedback especially if the recipient I can't say that word recipient recipient <laughs> doesn't take it very well um but I think you know feedback is a gift but also asking for feedback so that you can learn uh, is so vital I do it now as um one of the founders of Innovate here with my team I'm always asking them for feedback and honest feedback and if I didn't do that how would I be able to grow and then how would they be able to grow even if it's difficult to give that feedback I think you know I, I wish as a as a younger per like as a young person I would have maybe thought about that a little bit more um so yeah, I think that one's a new one actually that I'd say that I'm really appreciating at the moment. So I wanted to give that one. No, I think I they're both that, great yeah. ones to be honest. Cause I don't know, I think now I definitely find it where I'm getting to a point where I, I do feel like I know myself, I enjoy my own company, like I'm all right, like as a person, you know, <laughs> like I'm sound. Um, and it's that thing that you get really frustrated sometimes because I'm like, all those years as a teenager, as a, like early 20s, what have you, where you just hours wasted on like, yeah. oh, you know, who am I? What am I? Why am I? No one likes me, all this kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just not true. Like, all you have to do is, you know, obviously take the time to figure yourself out a bit and things like feedback can really help you with that if you take it in the right way you know because absolutely someone can turn around and go oh well I hate it when you do this that's not necessarily something you have to take to heart but yeah still pay attention to it and just use that as like a, okay well let you know let this help me figure myself out yeah and then yeah all you got to do is as you say is be you and then your vibe attracts your tribe and that's all you need yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. I've had a tendency to like people please and I'm getting out of that. <laughs> I'm a very, I am a people pleaser by nature really. Um, and I'm 31 now and I'm just about like getting away from that, I think, because I don't, now I really don't care who likes me or not. But then I think, I don't know, I, I say that some days I'm like, oh, I want everyone to like me. <laughs> but um. I think that people pleasing thing isn't a good thing either but it, it kind of all blends into one that feedback I guess yeah. it's the, the like being yourself not not give giving a fuck who likes you or not because you're you and you know you can't please everyone um, and then giving really good 
feedback and taking feedback I think makes you who you are as well so it's kind of a bit like full circle I think yeah definitely I heard a quote I think it was yesterday and um it said because well I listen. this is actually where this comes from for me is I listened to a podcast a while ago and it was Mary Porter's podcast and she was speaking to I think it was Bryony Gordon yeah. um who's a North and she's like a mental health campaign if anyone doesn't know and um instead of and I I really found this really amazing because it hit a lot of people say don't they when they're younger I felt like I wasn't enough and actually I felt like sometimes I'm too much and then I heard this quote yesterday that said if I'm too much for you go and find someone who's less and and that like that made me think like actually you do find the right people and feedback's important because you know we all have qualities that we can improve on and work on but actually we can't feedback ourselves so much that we don't remain who we are yeah. we have to like we can't people please and make ourselves less of a person um I've got a great book actually to recommend for people pleasing which is um it's called please yourself and it's by Emma Reed Terrell um right. it's a blue cover I re- I've literally recommend it's like some of my copy is with a friend at the moment <laughs> um but that's really good and also um I'd recommend anyone who's going to read the book for a pre pre-conversation Elizabeth Day's podcast how to fail oh, I love that one. Do- me too I'm obsessed <laughs> um she does an interview with Emma Reed Terrell so she like talks about it basically they're actually best friends in real life anyway um but she does a pre thing about people pleasing and I learned a lot from that podcast and then the book was like cemented it so I'd recommend that uh, to you Chelsea and to everyone um I'll send you a link after I'll send you a link okay after yeah I'm gonna look for it. Yeah, that'd be really <laughs> I'll send you a I link her podcast so yeah I love a book recommendation as well <laughs> yeah um so actually I'll pop the link as well for anyone in the show notes so if you want to find the book or um listen to this podcast I'm talking about it'll all be there for you so just have a look in the notes um but thanks so much Chelsea for joining us it's been such a great conversation and as I just want to say again you're doing doing amazing work at Innovate and um yeah just hope it continues for you because it's really really important so yeah thanks so much again for joining us thank you both it's been such lovely chat I wanted to keep going but uh, I think we've been like yeah quite a long time so yeah it's just blown by isn't it but thank you both it's been great so thanks Chelsea so much for joining us that was a really great conversation and everyone listening in don't forget um to let us know what you think you can contact us on instagram at thriving while nine to thriving or you can drop us an email um and you can find chelsea at um innovate here or her own instagram um instagram twitter um i'll leave all the links below so yeah that's it from us thanks so much leave us a five star review um please i'll say please because jess won't yeah i'm being i'm being assertive not bossy boom so yeah thanks so much everyone speak to you soon bye bye and thanks to balded beardy productions for the production of this podcast